This episode is brought to you by FX's The Veil, starring Elizabeth Moss. FX's The Veil is an international spy thriller that follows two women as they play a deadly game of truth and lies on the road from Istanbul to Paris and London. One woman has a secret, and the other has a mission to reveal it before thousands of lives are lost. FX's The Veil, now streaming, only on Hulu. From movie set to multiplex, it's the business of film with James Cameron Wilson. Silent Breed is people! Hoo-ah. Mother of mercy. Is this the end of Rico? No, it's the beginning of the business of film. I'm Simon Rose. James Cameron Wilson is our film critic and analysist. And I can't even use the word analyst uh, looking at the British box office chart, which it has to be said has been pretty dispiriting of late, James. You've got to cheer us all up by telling us that people are flocking in droves back to cinemas. Absolutely. Yes. Uh, hello, Simon. Um, it, the, the box office went down another no. 33% last week. <gasps> 33%, blimey. 33%. And that was on top of the, what did it go down the previous week? Well, it only went down 2% the previous weekend. But <laughs> well, the weekend before that, it went down I think 37%. these are straws you're grasping at, James. Yeah, I am grasping at straws. But, you know, next week there is a new film opening which could solve all multiplex's problems. It's a film called Avatar, The Way of oh, Water. Yes. I am so fed of seeing the trailer, I confess. I will, I'm not going to rush and see that. I don't even remember what I thought about the first one. But you rewatched it, I remember. because you. Told I rewatched it, and I thought it was much better than I remembered. And mm. I think it improved with the second viewing. It was so ahead of its time. And I think if you give it credit, and you do sit down. I mean, the trouble is, it's so long. And Avatar The Way of Water is 3 hours 13 minutes. <laughs> And I know you don't like sitting for that long, oh. particularly after an hour. I'm sorry, half but an hour. James Cameron, you're having a laugh. I mean, that's like, how long was Titanic? I can't remember. That was about the same, wasn't it? I think that was Ish. longer. It that was, was very longer. long. Yeah. Yes. yes. At least his name is shorter than mine. Oh <laughs> uh, well, I shall wait until you see it, and if you give it an absolute rave, maybe I'll feel I have to go. But uh, well, I shall be at the very first screening on December the sixteenth, which is Friday week. Right. Well, we shall find out in due course. But at the moment, I'm afraid we're talking about a box office obviously pretty dispiriting. What film is in the number one position? It is Roald Dahl's Matilda um, the Musical, which was at number one last week and got rave reviews. Except from, from you. I think you said it is, this could be the worst musical I've ever seen. As far as I can Screen remember, musical. it is the yep. worst film musical I have ever seen. And interestingly, I have talked to an enormous amount of people who have seen it and actually agree with my review. And I, I got, yeah, one friend fell asleep during it. Um, even the duty managers at the cinema said it was appalling. It was awful. Mm. I mean, everybody agrees with Simon Rose. You didn't think much of it. No, I didn't. I don't think I was quite as down on it as you were. But it would have been, yeah. I, I, maybe if I I'd can't seen the, find anybody. Maybe if I'd seen the subtitled it. version, so I could have actually understood what they were singing in the songs. I mean, I there is about there is now a sing along version in somewhere in the West End, I believe. So uh, you can understand. And, what and, right, so you can actually, yeah. 
absolutely. Is, is singing about. Yeah. yeah, you need subtitles for this film. Yeah. But I, I've talked, I, I know about eight people have seen it and they've all loathed it. Mm. I haven't yet met anybody who's liked it. So I'm assuming box office for that has gone down. How much has it dropped? Since it's gone down before? by 39%. It made £2.5 million last weekend. For, it's now got a total of £7.8 At number two, we've got Black Panther, Wakanda Forever, which I much preferred both to Matilda the Musical and the original Black Panther. That mm. dropped a mighty 44%. But it still made 1.5 million last weekend with a total of nearly 30 million quid. At number three, we have a new film which didn't make a million. It made £823,000 called A Violent Night, which I did see. Uh, And I have seen everything now. I'm, I'm assuming this is Violent Night without a K in front of the night. Or is it the K in front of the night? Well, the title is inspired by the Christmas carol, Silent Night, Holy Night, All is Calm and All is Bright. Oh, that's quite clever. But there's nothing silent, holy or calm at the Lightstone Mansion in Connecticut, where the various family members of the dynasty have gathered to celebrate Christmas. And I should warn you from the start, Simon, this puts the X into Xmas. And I'm surprised it was actually a 15. The halls are decked with holly and the house is awash with the most expensive seasonal decorations that money can buy. Much to the delight of little Trudy, who somehow has managed to escape the cynicism of her elders and still believes in Father Christmas. Well, Santa Claus, at least. Although she is in for a nasty shock, when she's told in no uncertain terms, block your ears, younger viewers, listeners, they tell her that Santa isn't real. Although there's an embarrassment of riches underneath the enormous Christmas tree, all Trudy wants is for her estranged parents to be reconciled. That's her main Christmas wish to Santa. Oh, we've never come across that in a film before, have we? No, no. Uh, And she's been a good girl. She really has. But her parents, Jason and Linda, both of whom are painted as unscrupulously materialistic, are only sharing the same roof this December for Trudy's sake. They allow her to open just one present before Christmas. The only thing that Jason can find in his old bedroom in the mansion that seems remotely appropriate. It's a walkie-talkie so that Trudy can communicate with Santa Claus on it. She's thrilled with her gift, and in the ensuing hours, it becomes a lifeline between her and Santa, who is trying to get out of the house as fast as his fat legs can carry him. For just as he's popped down a chimney upstairs, a a gang of gun-toting mercenaries have broken into the house to clear out the vault in the basement. The leader of the gang, Mr. Scrooge, John Legazamo, bleats, Welcome to your worst Christmas ever. And to prove the point, he has every member of the staff summarily executed. He also kills the security detail as the lighthouse matriarch, an unrecognizable Beverly D'Angelo, happens to be one of the wealthiest and most influential women in America. Mr. Scrooge knows this 
And so he's brought along a small army of hitmen who really do enjoy killing people. The fly in the ointment is Santa Claus, who, because nobody actually believes he exists, has a slight edge on the intruders. But he's still a fat old man and is no match for the high-tech artillery. Hang on a second. So is this somebody impersonating Santa Claus or is this Santa Claus? This is Father Christmas. But there's also Trudy. (laughs) Hang in there. But there's also Trudy, who luckily has just seen Home Alone. And so (laughs) she has a few tricks up her sleeves. Now, there are two types of horror film. There's the horror film that is designed to make you squirm. And the horror film, if you can call it that, which is designed to make you laugh. This throws in big chunks of Die Hard, hence the walkie-talkie, and Home Alone together for comic effect and ups the ante thanks to the recent advances of prosthetics and CGI. So this is not one for the squeamish. And yet Violent Night, directed by Norway's Tommy Vakola, best known here for the horror folk tale Hansel and Gretel Witch Hunters, produced by Will Ferrell, is not only outrageously funny, but also surprisingly touching. Because at the core of the drama is a man, an icon, who feels that he's no longer needed or appreciated, let alone believed in, and finds his mojo because one little nine-year-old girl does believe in him. And played by David Harbour, best known as Jim Hopper in Stranger Things. Yes, yeah, yeah. And as the husband of Lily Allen, who is a very successful singer. Is he? Oh, actor... I hadn't realised realize that. Yeah, yeah, there are a couple. Yeah. How much I learned from this programme, James. Thank you. <laughs> well, he, he brings an enormous complexity of emotions to the role. And like the film, is alternatively very funny and moving with surprising bloodlust, particularly when he's reunited with his trusty sledgehammer that Trudy learns to call the Skull Crusher. What is it with the Scandinavians and their hammers? Anyway, Trudy Trudy also picks up some pretty grown-up words, but enters into a pact with Santa that she can only use the word anus when appropriate. The language is foul in this movie. So David Harbour, he is no Richard Attenborough, or indeed Edmund Gwen, and makes Billy Bob (laughs) Thornton's bad Santa look like a complete snowflake. I was so surprised, this film. (laughs) I was laughing constantly throughout it, because it is very gory. And Santa is reunited with an old bloodlust, when he, he well, I, I won't give you any more. If you want to know more, I'm worried now about all the rest of the world's children. Santa's involved with this. He's not going to have time to deliver all the rest of the presents. All this is explained in the film. Okay. And it <laughs> opens, the big thing, I mean, the opening scene is in Bristol and it says Bristol, England. I thought, what? <laughs> this is an American horror film <laughs> opening in Bristol where he's getting drunk and the bartender's really worried that he's going to go out and she doesn't think he's a real. Nobody believes he's the real Santa Claus. Of course. So she rushes out. How different from Miracle on 34th Street this sounds, James. Well, I know, I know. (laughs) But if you want a perfect precy of the entire film, including the very surprising conclusion, you can watch it on the trailer on IMDb. But go in without knowing. I mean, I've just told you the setup. I've only told you the setup. Okay. But it is imaginative. I I can. 
I mean, a horror film that is sort of essentially a sort of violent thriller. It, it, I can probably cope with rather than. Oh, I think that... you get a lot out of it. Simon. Yeah, I, I, I suspect there are gory bits, but it's played for laughs. Yeah, yeah. well, I've seen, go- I've seen gory films. That doesn't matter too much. <laughs> Jay's probably a good moment then for us to take a quick break. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Sharing ideas about money. This is Share Radio. This is Simon Rose. You're listening to The Business of Film on Share Radio, where James Cameron Wilson has been telling us that he was laughing constantly throughout a violent night. So I'm quite intrigued. Okay. And that only took £823,000, I think you said. So what's number four? Uh, uh, number four is Strange World, which is the 61st official Disney animated feature, down 47%, which by some estimates, considering this film cost $180 million, is really bad news for Disney. Mm-hmm. It's made a total so far in this country of $1.4 million. Uh, the menu is at number five, which was at number five the previous week, down 23%, with a total of 2.6 million. I watched it again last night. And it's such again? a good film. Yeah. Wow. Oh, I love it. Uh, Gosh, it's a, okay. a jet black satire on haute cuisine with Rafe Fiennes at the top of his form. And again, you have no idea where it's going. Please yeah. don't watch any trailers. I, I, wo- so I won't. Clever. I hate watching trailers anyways. Although I was at the cinema last night with a friend who wanted to go early to watch the trailers, which to me is a <gasps> but, uh, And I was going to go and see the menu. I was already set to... And then I'd forgotten I was actually due to see a preview that evening. So the new Spielberg. So thank goodness I didn't forget that in the end. Um, so I still haven't seen it. But I do intend to, James. But I have I friends who say even... they don't want to come because they're worried it's too gory. But we'll have to see. Well, I saw it with a friend, and he said, well, there are brief moments. Uh, and I, again, I don't want to say anything. No, that's whole... fine. I, I intend trying to go if I, if I can. So that's the menu is at number but five. But he is squeamish, and he, he wasn't yeah. thrown by it. Okay. And he did, he did laugh throughout. Okay, good. Um, and I thought it was even better than the film at number six, which is She Said which I oh. thought a lot of, which I thought was a very intelligent take on the takedown of Harvey Weinstein, starring oh, Kerry yeah. Mulligan and Zoe And Kazan. indeed, I saw it last night. Then, and what did of, you think I of hadn't it, planned on going to see it. And then after your recommendation, I thought, well, perhaps I should. I'd seen one bad review. No, as you say, I'm very intelligent and incredibly cleverly done because we never see anything. It's not a prurient film at all. Very no, we've had enough done. of that. We've had enough yes. of rape scenes. And, and you know, as we've you know, been involved with the film business for a, a long time, I mean, the stories about um, Harvey Weinstein, I mean, for long before anything publicly appeared, were, were legion. So, um, no, I thought it was incredibly good. And I thought both uh, Kerry Mulligan and um, uh, and Zoe Kazan, Zoe Kazan were incredibly good. And, and you know, brave of people like Leslie Judd to, to be in it. Ashley Judd. Ashley Judd. Sorry, no, Leslie was the singer. Sorry. Um, uh, quite and wasn't family. Jennifer Ely absolutely brilliant yes, in her cameo? Fantastic. And, and I, I thought it, it was it was just full of incredibly 
good actresses. I mean, I thought it was I was good. terribly moved by it. Yes, it was. I did actually find tears welling up at, at one point. Oh, um, bless you! It was extraordinary. No, very good. Worth seeing. That's yeah, quite a well, bit that's it's, worth seeing. So, what's number seven? Yeah, well, it's that time of year because we're getting ready for yes. um, all the, the Oscar predictions. Um, it made nine hundred and forty-two thousand pounds total so far. So, go and see it. Oh, it's a, a really intelligent, great film. Uh, apparently, I haven't seen After Sun, which is at number su- uh, seven, but it won seven awards at the Beefers, the British Independent Film Awards including Best Picture and Best Director for Charlotte Wells. I mentioned to my friend last night and said, should we go and see After Sun? Oh, it'll be one of those films where nothing happens for a long, and you know, and it lasts ages. So I don't know whether winning all the biffers is actually going to help or not. I'll try and persuade them. Okay. Okay. Well, this is a semi-autobiographical debut from writer-director Charlotte Wells with Paul Meskell down 8%. So it's the strongest holdover of the top 10. Mm -hmm. Presumably... Because of all the beefers it got. Mm. At number eight, you'll be glad to know, a film is back in the top ten, which had fallen out, mm. called The Banshees oh, of Inisherin, down only 10%, with a total of £8.7 million. And as of this week, Variety are now saying that Colin Farrell is the favourite to win yes. Best Actor next year, the Best Actor wow. Oscar. Okay. At number right. nine, we've got Bones and All, which is a romantic horror film about some cannibals played by Taylor Russell and Timothy Chalamet, mm. described by critics as being hard to stomach, but <laughs> thought-provoking nonetheless. So maybe right. you should avoid that one. Down 70% for a total of £587,000. Yep. And at number 10, we've got Living, still hanging in there, oh, very see. worthwhile seeing. I am I, I am puzzled. We were talking about this before we went on, on air, but I mean, in London, the cinemas are full of the glass onion and you know, other places around the country, but not anywhere near you with the sequel to Knives Out. Not in Gloucestershire. The screening I went to was incredibly crowded, and yet it's not made the top 10 list unless somehow they're managing to keep it out. Do you know where it is on the list? If you've got the complete list in front of you, no, it doesn't matter if you have it's it. Not, just it's not it in the list. Well, I can have a look. I, I do have the list. But if it's not in the list, that seems odd because it is taking money at cinemas. I've been to see it in an ordinary cinema. It wasn't a preview and it was pretty full. And it's on in lots of London cinemas and some other cinemas prior to going. So clearly it's not a wide release, but I just feel surprised given given how little money some of those films have taken in the top 10 lists as you get down towards number 10. I'm just perplexed that it's not showing up in the figures. It's not. No, it's not in the chart. That is, and it's not—it's not in the chart, and it's not in Gloucestershire. That is strange. But, but you know, if something is showing widely in London, and it really is wide, and I've been to see it, and it was very crowded. I'm just rather perplexed what's going on. But perhaps we'll find out in due course. We know we were talking about this. It's coming—it's coming out on Netflix just before Christmas. Well, I think Netflix play by other rules, don't they? Yes, they probably do. And They're I obviously not they... submitting figures. <laughs> Because they don't submit their figures, they don't submit their streaming figures unless they're incredibly successful. Yes, that is that is true. But Maybe they're not submitting their figures to Comscore, which is who compiles yeah. the official chart. Yeah, I guess that is probably true, James. Well, we'll find out. Anyway, we want to talk about something else that you and I have we both do. seen. Absolutely. Um, now, do you remember when I quoted Julia Roberts recently from Ticket to Paradise, who groaned, even my hangover? has a hangover. And you 
I rightly recall, said that that was not even an original line. Well, in The Cat and the Canary, which has been restored beautifully, mm. I may say, for its Blu-ray debut in the UK, Bob Hope, who plays the quintessential scaredy cat, quips, I'm so scared, even my goose pimples, goose pimples. have goose pimples. <laughs> yes. Maybe that's what I was thinking of. Yeah, I think so. Occasionally, I watch old black and white films on TV, but more often than not, the pictorial quality is so poor, I find it hard to stay the course. I think part of the reason is that the crisp quality of Eureka's 4K restorations are so good. It's like watching a brand new movie, were it not for the charm and the language of the original. Here we have a real original. Well, that's not strictly true. It's a remake of the 1927 yes. Silent, which itself was an adaptation of the 1922 play by John Willard. Yeah, it's which... it's virtually the American equivalent of The Ghost Train, isn't it? By Arnold yes, Ridley. Arnold Ridley, yeah. indeed. Um, but this supposedly ushered in the old dark house genre. The remake, which stars Bob Hope and Paulette Goddard, has moved the story's location from New York to the backwater bayous of Louisiana, which gives the film an added sense of the eerie. And I did find it all rather creepy, but also very funny, thanks largely to Bob Hope. This was the film that put him on the map and cemented his persona as the urbane, wisecracking flutterbrain to quote one character in the film. If the plot now sounds familiar, it wasn't at the time and set the template for a particular kind of comedy thriller mm. in which a group of people find themselves trapped in a large, bleak house with outside forces at play. Here, Bob, to is, Bob Hope is totally at ease with his spinelessness, knocking out the one-liners with consummate skill. He plays Wally Campbell, a famous actor and would-be ladies' man, whose honesty proves, I think, more endearing than the chiselled smarm of the other male characters, all vying for the attentions of Paulette Goddard. She, he and the others are all summoned to the house for the reading of the will of an eccentric millionaire who died 10 years previously Whosoever is named the main beneficiary has to prove their sanity for a whole month after spending the first night in the house, which is haunted by strange sounds and flickering lights. Well, there's also a mad killer on the loose who has just escaped from the local ins insane asylum. Poor old Sicily, played by Nydia Westman, is thoroughly unnerved and says to Wally, don't big empty houses scare you? Oh, yes, this is my favourite line. <laughs> to which he replies, no, not me. I used to be in vaudeville. Yeah, great line. And to bring, bring the film more up to date, she adds, it's awfully spooky down here. Do you believe in reincarnation? You know, that dead people come back. And he replies, what, you mean like the Republicans? Yes. It was, what was very odd, because I've, I've seen it before, and I, I did actually watch my copy. I don't mind the fact that the old black and white films don't look very sharp. Perhaps I should have tried to get a copy of the the wonderful Blu-ray 
um, restoration. But I enjoyed it almost as much as when I saw it, I think probably in my 20s. It is funny, and yes, it's a hokey plot, but it sort of doesn't matter. But wonderful actors, Gail Sondergaard is the sort of oh, slightly yes. sort of spooky... Mrs. Danvers type. Mrs. Yes, Danvers, Mrs. Danvers, yeah. absolutely. And the fact that the lawyer, George Zuko, is actually named Crosby, I thought was extraordinary. This is before the road trip. Yes, I just think that. It was, yeah, extra- it was extraordinary. And, of course, they made another one called The Ghost Breakers, which I'm sure I've seen. With uh, as Bob well, Hope and Paulette Goddard, yeah. A few years later, yeah, yeah, which I remember be also being decent. But it's just great fun. It's silly it, it and, and it's fun. And and considering just how old it is and how much comedy often does dates badly, I think it is still quite amusing. Um, I, I enjoyed it immensely. Good. Well, I have to say, the, it, it really is worth getting wild to the Blu-ray, getting mm-hmm. worthwhile. Um, it has an excellent commentary by the actor historian Jonathan Rigby and as so often with the Eureka classics range I found myself watching the film again with the commentary on Mm. just because I found Jonathan Rigby such an engaging informative and fascinating guide to the minutiae behind the scenes such as the fact that all the alligators noticeably had their jaws taped shut which I I didn't notice the first time and I went back and watched it again, and sure enough, they're, they're all taped shut. Except, except for the one that, that, that grabs Bob Hope's um, thrown away cigar butt, of course. But, well, um, obviously, yeah, yeah. Oh, now I feel I need to watch it again. James, well, anyway, look, that's fantastic. That's The Cat and the Canary from 1930. What was it? 38? I can't remember that. 39. 39. The vintage year of the great, yeah. the great Oh, my goodness, film. yes, Meant yes. to be the best year ever. <laughs> yes, yes, they'd have got Oscars if it hadn't been for all those other great films. But if you do watch it again, watch George Zacco, who plays the executor, because two mm. of his fingers on his right hand are withdrawn into his hand, just like Bill Nye, because oh. he had his arm shot during the First World War, unlike Bill Nye. I did not, did not and know he, that. He, he was described as having a crab hand. And you... you do I mean if you look you can yes. see it? Oh gosh, I'm gonna have to watch but it. But all this from the amazing commentary. That's fantastic. James, thank you very much. That's the Cat and the Canary. Um also positive review for Violent Night. But that is it for this week for the business of film. Wait a minute, wait a minute. You ain't heard nothing yet. Is it safe? We don't need no budgets. I don't have to show you any stinking bushes. Nobody puts baby in a corner.